This is Pastor Troy. I hope you're doing well. We are wrapping up season two, but you know what that means? The best of season two. Here it comes. It's coming right at you in just a minute, but don't worry. We're in the studio. We're getting ready. We're getting things lined up, and very soon we'll be unveiling season three of On the Dock. In the meantime, you can go back, watch season one. Check it out. It is fantastic. It's not outdated. Go catch it. And now we're in season two, and get ready for this best of season two episode. You're on the dock with Pastor Troy here on the dock.org. We'll get it right this time. Every Tuesday and Thursday, join us for an incredible podcast experience. We'll get you out of the shallows and into the deep. We're available on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, also Google Play, Facebook, Roku, Rumble, and SermonNet. I got that all right this time. <laughs> Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Telegram, oh, and Getter, our social media sites. We'd love to hear from you in that. Chat with us, talk to us. When you find our sites, hit subscribe, like, notify, share with other people. We want you on that YouTube. YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, those are our number one spots. We'll put those up off and on through the show, as well as we'll try to get up our social media sites off, up and on through the show so you can be reaching out to us. Join us at Patreon. Go to download my Patreon app and find us, or you can go to the website and get there and become a partner or sponsor. There's four ways of partnership, three ways of sponsorship. We'd love to have you, and we're always looking for adding other people to the depths of this show. Look how you can partner with us through my Patreon site, and we'd love to hear from you. On the doc.org, go get there, and you'll get to all these places. There are links and bridges and ladders you can climb it. Shoots and ladders. Shoots and ladders. And you can always email info at on the doc.org. Uh, Donnie gets that and we will respond. We will respond. And on the set today, again, we're still in this series. We got Mother Beth. Hey, Mother Beth. I'm fine. Do you Have realize you... that your glasses are on your head? Oh, right here? Mm -hmm. huh. No, thank you for telling me that. I usually put them down here. <laughs> Gosh, do I look completely goofy? Can I, am I good? No, I just no, I look... noticed how I look. Does it, hey, does it make you look smarter? I think people look smart when the pictures are up. My problem is I'm now, I can't see this. Now this is blurry. That looks good, but who cares? And, and, and I can't read my notes with them. So I'm kind of, I'm, I don't want to go to bifocals yet. Mm -hmm. So these get put all kinds of places. It's like, I can read here with it. That's getting that's it. So thank you for telling me that. Wanna, You're welcome. You got glasses on your head. <laughs> yeah, got in the studio as well. Lucas is over here. He <laughs> is our partner in crime here. He's our executive oh, yeah. producer, techno wizard. He's on camera on mic. He's all ready to go here. We got Donna Kranuski as well here. Mm -hmm. And uh, back up, Lucas's mom's still in the studio. She's in Studio B over here. She was very quiet last last podcast, so she's going to have to speak up this time. Get, get her share in. Donna's, uh, Donna's her ventriloquist. She's going to yep. speak through Donna, and Donna's going to offer parts to her. I'm just over here embracing my bifocals. <laughs> You've got bifocals. <laughs> I don't have a problem with my I bifocals. I need to get mine. I, I, I end up putting them on my head because I don't know where they are. Then I can't see? see them here. See? See? All right. Better than Pre having a panty on your head. It's <laughs> raising, oh, what was, my. What was the show? What, what was the show? <laughs> 
It's her favorite one. Raising Arizona. Raising Arizona. (laughs) Son, do you know? Boy, you got a peony on on your head. Oh, my goodness. You got to go see it. That's one of her favorite lines (laughs) of all time. I didn't know you knew that movie. Oh, Oh, that's her favorite. First time Uh, I ever saw Nicholas and and Uh, Holly Hunt. Oh, wow. Boy, you got a peony on your head. I love that movie. We reference that all the time. Yeah. Boy, you got glasses on your head. You join us on the dock, you'll hear all kinds of crazy things. We're yes, in part, we're on the on the dock season two, digging deeper in the word series. Micah live humbly. We're in it right now. We're in part six. <laughs> Guys, we're in part six, Micah chapter six, verses one through 16. Thanks for joining us there. And uh, we're ready to go. We actually played the bumper in the last episode because I got an Oreo attack. And we actually had to play the emergency bumper. The emergency bumper will be played when the host uh, has a major need to cough. You know, or something. That's something. the CPR. Uh, yeah, I like it. You said, you said, Donna says, I'm really struggling. She says, well, play your bumper. I was like, oh, good idea. You know, and we played the bumper. You know. That's when we call emergency services. Emergency services. That's when the That's bumper right. comes yeah, in. Yeah, they come in, they give me a chest thump. All we're, we're in this Live Humbly series of Micah. We're in, guys, we're actually in, we're now in the third cycle. Three cycles. First cycle to everybody. Second cycle was to the leaders. And third cycle is, once again, the final argument. It's like the closing case on a trial. And all these are being presented to the people of Israel through Micah, the minor prophet. He's trying to tell Israel, you're heading the wrong direction. Uh, Israel will be destroyed by Assyria. Eventually, Jerusalem will fall to Babylon. All this because of your unfaithfulness. And you you're basically have taken your faithfulness that you promised me, and you have intermarried it with the world. And as a result of that fusion, you've dishonored God, and God is going to settle accounts. But... We learned in the first cycle, there's a hope, be the remnant. We learned in the second cycle that despite leaders pushing us aside, if we'll keep our eyes on Jesus, he is our king of kings and he can lead us out as well. Not just could he lead us out of that situation because we know that there was a remnant protected and Israel was eventually restored. We know that Jesus came as prophesied in Bethlehem and that Jesus has given us now today another way to be saved. And we know eventually Jesus will come back and he will bring his whole church together. And in the end, the remnant, those that have been faithful will find their way through the kinsman redeemer into the full plan and will of God. We just have to stay on the path of letting our faith in God carry us through. We have to practice our faith. So that's, that's been our journey. Any questions you guys feeling good about things? Everybody good? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Good. yeah. Lucas is having like a mini lunch over there. He's He's got things to do next. He's all prepared. He got a banana. He's eating healthy. We're over here on this set. Lucas, Lucas is heavy. He, 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 look, you know, he ate with us twice. We, it was, we're dating ourselves more. You ate good. You ate fish on Sunday. Yeah. Then you had barbecue at the yep. Benetton house. Mm-hmm. And the reason he's not big fat like a Benetton is because he eats like that the rest of the week. Yeah, well, I, I was going to say, uh, I think whenever we did the fish fry, that was the most amount of food I've eaten in like a single day. Yeah, it was good. In like three or four months. And all fried yeah, in grease. Oh, hey, yeah. all fried in grease. My stomach was messed up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like a laxative. Yeah. Yeah. Now today he's back on bananas and yogurt and all the healthy stuff. And Beth's over here on, we're on chips and Oreo cookies. I ate a banana and watermelon yeah, last night. Yeah, a bunch of garbage. We're going to go home and eat leftovers when we're done here. We're going to eat more of the food from this weekend. So That fish was good. I had a fish sandwich the next day it was good the yeah, fish was great fish yeah. is great I got, fish was real fish we caught it all alaskan fish and this was, god is good I, I god is so good to us if we just stay on track he'll get us through let's get into micah chapter six if you're there in your car don't don't read your bible right now uh but we can read it later i'll read it to you but if you're at home someplace grab a bible at micah chapter six verses one through eight uh, that's our focus text for this part of this series so we're going to jump in that six one 
through eight. Let me read it to you. Listen to what the Lord is saying. Stand up, state your case against me. Let the mountains and the hills be called to witness your complaints. This is the Lord is saying, hey, give it back if you can. Uh, and now, O mountains, listen to the Lord's complaint. He has a case against his people. He will bring charges against Israel. O my people, what have I done to you? What have I done to make you tired of me? Answer me, for I brought you out of Egypt and I redeemed you from slavery. I sent Moses, Aaron, and Miriam to help you. Don't you remember my people, how King Balak of Moab tried to have you cursed and how Balaam, remember he hit Balaam's donkey? Yeah, that one. Balaam's son of Beor blessed you instead. And remember your journey from the Acacia Grove to Gilgal, when I, the Lord, did everything I could to teach you about my faithfulness. What can we bring to the Lord? Should we bring him burnt offerings? Should we bow before God most high with offerings of yearling calves? Should we offer him a thousands of rams and 10,000 rivers of oil, olive oil? Should we sacrifice our firstborn children to pay for our sins? No, O people, the Lord has told you what is good and this is what he requires of you. Listen to this, do what is right. Gosh, guys, Micah, 6.8 is one of the most powerful. I mean, the Bethlehem is good because it's a promise. But 6.8 is a tool to get us on the path to being with God at the end. Know, O oh people, the Lord has told you what is good. This is what he requires. God, if God is good, we got to do this. Do what is right, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. I'm going to simplify that before we're done today. Because I know it says do what's right and love mercy and compound. So the do what's right and love mercy. I mean, that is really a key word here, and I'll get that together in a minute. And then to walk humbly with your God. There is a tool there in verse eight. If you can memorize that, you almost could bypass the whole New Testament. Just live that, mm -hmm. and it'll get you to Jesus. Just live that. That's Old Testament language that would have got them through it, and uh, we just need to trust God. There's uh, a song for. to that. Mm -hmm. Is there? Yeah, mm -hmm. I was just thinking that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, there's some, that's a, a fine text. So just a reminder, we're in cycle three. It's the last cycle. God's closing arguments through Micah for the people to know how to handle this and to come out as, I want to say innocent in the end, but also those that'll be found guilty. So we're in the third cycle there where we hear God's charges against Judah and Israel, and we will be unstoppably triumphant if we follow God's rule. God's rule six eight. You know, you know, it was what we just read. And I mean, let me go back and hit that again because I, I feel like that we need to not get anything right, get that right. Do what's right, love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Good, good text right there. All right, let's let's dig into this a little bit. You guys feel free to chime in anytime you got something just aching at you to get out. And I, I love in the text here in Micah. Let me get to the right one here. I gotta get through one. And Micah 6, one through two. I don't know why I didn't highlight this on this. But, and now verse two, look at this. And now, O mountains, listen to the Lord's complaint. He has a case against his people. He will bring charges against you. Micah is called to stand up before the people and present God's case in a court of sorts, the court of the world, and whether, uh, to, to hear what the final claim is, to, to state what the charges are, and let's see what God's verdict's gonna be. In, in Deuteronomy 4.26, we're going back to the Old Testament, uh, we're going back into the law. Today I call on heaven and earth as a witness against you. If you break my covenant, you will quickly disappear from the land you're crossing the Jordan to occupy. You will live there only a short time then you will be utterly destroyed. There's a time in the Bible where God tells us 
I call on heaven and earth as a witness against you. The people were making a covenant. They were saying, Moses, we're going to do everything God told us to do. We promise, right before this, we promise to do this. And he says, today, Moses says, I'm calling on this. The world will be, the, the, the world will testify against you if you fail to keep this. The world is, the planet has heard what you've said, okay? So there's basically way back this accountability thing where, where God is making a case. You can kind of see the case here. And matter of fact, I'll show it to you in six, one through two. It says here, look here. It says, stand up and state your case. And now verse two, O mountains, listen to the Lord's complaint. In other words, Micah's saying way back, our great, 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 great grandparents said that we would be faithful. And all the way up to now where Mike is at, people have not been. And now he's saying, we're going to hold you accountable because I told you back then that the mountains in the world would be paying attention to what you said. And now the mountains are going to hold testimony against you that you haven't done it. Mm. So, so God is keeping a count on these things. He, he's keeping a watch on these things. I mean, and he's going to bring the charges against his people based on that. So there's a case here. I want to make that statement. Yahweh is the plaintiff in this case. He's got a complaint against the people. They're the defendants. And what he's saying is you have failed to, to, to maintain your special covenant status. In other words, you're in covenant failure. And that means that I, your God, have either got to correct you or I've got to, I got to correct you or hold you accountable. And if, if I hold you accountable, then you've got to be judged by, by not doing it, which is a covenant breaker bad, or I've got to correct you and I got to restore you. So we can listen to Micah and we can decide right now whether we're going to go, okay, God, it's just the way it's going to be, or God, I repent and I want to get back on the right faith path. And if we're today, we, we can take Micah and look at it again and go, the promise of Jesus is another way out. We can go, yeah, Jesus, I've been doing it the wrong way. Jesus, I repent and I want to be restored. If we take the restoration path, we are part of the hope part. If we don't take the restoration path, we're part of the, the negative path. And the negative path means that we'll be held accountable. And remember, obedience comes always in the Bible with a blessing. And yes, disobedience comes with the opposite. It comes with a curse. We don't like to talk about that because in our society, we think everybody should get blessed. Everybody gets a participation trophy. In God's kingdom, if you don't participate in God's plan the way God said, you do not get a participation trophy. You go straight to hell, don't pass go, don't collect $200, and you spend eternity away. There's just no way around it, no other way, no life. And so God doesn't give participation trophies. He gives obedience trophies. Those that are faithful, and you know, that doesn't mean you can't have a mistake. It just means you're learning through your mistakes. So if you're not having, if you're not obedient and learning through your mistakes, then you are on a path that could lead to absolute destruction and curse. And they wanted the first and foremost, they, they wanted to, they wanted to forget. They wanted to almost like act like God wasn't paying attention. And we need to understand God's paying to very good attention. In verse three, he says, Oh, my people, what have I done to you? What have I done to you? Make you tired of me. Answer me for I brought you out of Egypt. I redeemed you from slavery. And he goes through this whole story of all the things he did to show him that he was there with him through the crisis. I was there with, I was with you in the storm. I was with you. Going back, we talked about another in the fire in one of the episodes that really spoke to me that how, when there was three in the fire, there was another. When, when, when you didn't have water, I was in the rock that gave you water. When you didn't have manna, I was the manna. You know, he just talks about the whole story of when, when, when the king, the foreign king of Moab was wanting to curse you with the prophet Balaam, I actually caused him to bless you. And he goes through the whole history of how, when you have been faithful to me, I have seen you through bad circumstance. 
he shows his, I love how God shows his credentials here. Yet the people that being accused in Micah's time have failed to respect and love the God that saw them through the tough times. Mm-hmm. And they've totally compromised. I, I feel like sometimes we've so compromised in our society today because we have not honored God despite what God's done to bless our nation what he's done to bless our country, what he's done to make this a place of freedom and where we can worship. And it's almost like today we are going backwards. I, I'm, a, I'm a pastor of a church, community faith church, and during the Christmas season, let me give an example. We were just simply broadcasting our, our Christmas stuff. And on the Christmas stuff, I while I was worshiping, I typed in Merry Christmas to all our church family out there that was watching on the COF TV broadcast through Facebook. I went out and said, Merry Christmas to you all. I got deleted from Facebook. I got put in jail for a period of time. My, my quote got taken off and they took down the stream because I did that. I put it back up. I thought it was a mistake. I did it again. I, re, I reposted the old stream and I put Merry Christmas and it took it down again. So I literally said Merry Christmas from a church Merry Christmas service that people streaming would have been watching to have Merry Christmas with us. And it was considered to be offensive. Offensive to who? The people looking to have church with us? Why don't the people that don't wanna have church with us, why don't they just not watch our church channel? Right. Well, I guess the bot people that are trying to get money from PayPal. That makes too much sense. Yeah, Yeah. why couldn't they just vote with their clicker? You know, we, we have people now trying to hit us up for money that are fake scams on our chat during our streams. If if, if, if Facebook would, didn't let us stream, how are those people gonna fish for free money? You know, people don't have to watch our stream, but yet somebody's right. trying to, so we live in a time when it's like people are abandoning our faith and, and it's really, really a scary time. So at the same time, you know, we found three other ways to do it, you know? And, and, and God is good. So, so God is telling us in this text here, we, we got to remember he's with us. And, and what I want to say to you is superficiality. It's, it's a big word, big word to use today. Superficiality, being superficial, will never let you truly experience the authentic glory of our supernatural God. If we just want to live superficially, if we just want to live inauthentically, if we just want to live at the surface, God is not interested in our surface dust and our trinkets. What he wants is all of our heart, all of our mind, and all of our soul. And that's what comes out in Micah 6. It's not enough just to go through the, 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 the hoops. God wants the depth of your heart, and he just doesn't want it to him. He wants us to treat each other likewise. And I'm going to prove that here in just a minute. So he asks the question, what can we bring to the Lord? Should we bring him burnt offerings? That's a question. Should we bow before the Most High? with offerings of yearling cash. Should we offer him thousands of rams, 10,000 rivers of oil, olive oil? That's a lot of olive oil. Should we sacrifice our firstborn children to pay for our sins? He asks us all these things that we would think, oh, that's a religious thing. Look what I did. These are all look what I did. They're, they're huge sacrifices, but it's almost like we talked about the indulgences. It's almost like God's saying, I'm not interested in you buying favor with me. I'm not interested in you trying to you know, I'm not doing the Catholic thing where you get indulgences and get out of jail. God says, I want your offering and your tithe because your heart's mine already. And you want to support the work that I'm doing with you. I, I don't need it just to be impressed by you because God is not impressed by us. He's, I mean, I go back to my favorite Shania Twain song. God says about us, that don't impress me much. <laughs> you know, you just don't impress him much. 
he loves us because he's our father and we're his children, but, but we don't match up to him. But if we keep walking with him, we begin to look more and more like his son, Jesus Christ, and that's whom he's well pleased in. Then we, we, we get more and more in favor. And as we look more and more like him, then we do have favor. But Jesus wasn't caught burning stuff and faking offerings and trying to pile things up. Jesus was completely, listen, let me go back to my quote here. Jesus was not superficial. Jesus was 100% authentic. He was real. And Jesus captured people's hearts, minds, and souls. And that's what God wants from us today. And so he says, do you want all these things? And I love the answer is, do we bring all these things before the Lord? Look at the next text, guys. This next text is powerful. He says, no, oh people, the Lord, look, has told you what is good. And this is what he requires of you. And I read this over and over again. I just want to break it down. I promised. He wants you to do what is right, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. New King James says a little bit better, but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with you, God. So let me see if I can summarize this. The word here, just, if you take the word, but to do justly, or to do what's right, right and just are the same word, but I like just as a better language. To do what, to do justly, the word just or right here, means to have an ethical and righteous response as God would. If you're going to be just, justice is God. God is just. God is righteous. God is holy. To do something just means you would do as God would do to somebody. To do something righteous would be to do as God would do righteously and holy. So there's no justice that's ours outside of God. And there's no justice that man can do that's just that wouldn't be the justice that God would prevail. We don't have our own justice system. That's what's so sad when they took the Ten Commandments down off a lot of our courtroom laws and we thought, oh, we're going to have our own. We don't need God. There is no justice without God. God is the source of all justice. What's true and right and just is God. And, and so what, what it means, the word here, just or right, means having done ethically what's right and just to God to fulfill, in other words, our covenant, to be godly. So that's what, when you, when you say to do what is right, to love God. And to love God enough to do what God tells us to do and live like that. Now look at this, next word. So what is it to love to do what is right and to love mercy or to do justly and to love mercy. So what is that? That's real simple. To do that, you have to do it to people. Justice isn't us to God. Justice is how God expresses himself to us person to person. If I steal from Beth or if I hurt Beth or if I injure Beth or I gossip against Beth, then I'm being unjust. I'm being ungodly in my method of what God wants to her, or I'm bringing harm to her, so I'm not doing what is right, and I'm not loving justly. I'm not doing just, and I'm not loving mercy. Mercy hasn't to do with here me and God. It has to do with how I treat other people with God. And so what is it to love mercy? It is simply church, listen, to freely and willingly show kindness to other people. It's to love people. So if you're gonna do what's right, and you're gonna love mercy, you're gonna love people. So it just means love people. To love mercy means to love people as God would love people. And then to walk humbly with your God, that's the second half of that. To live in a conscious fellowship, think about this, with God, exercising a spirit of humility in your life means you're humbling yourself before God. You're not exalting yourself before God. So now that means to love God. So in simply terms, to do what is right, to love mercy and to walk humbly means to love your neighbor and to love God. It's the great command. This is just how you do it. We think of, well, love God and love each other. That just seems esoteric. Well, I'm just going to love everybody. But no, to do that, you have to actually be merciful. 
as God's merciful, righteous as God's might, righteous, just as God's just. And then to live out your love with God, you have to do it not arrogantly, saying I've got a better way or my justice is better. You have to do it understanding that he has set a, a bar and you're beneath that bar. He is your God and you are his creation. He is the potter, you are the clay. He is the shepherd and you are the sheep. You keep that in attitude and you walk humbly and you do justice and you love mercy. He says, that is what he wants. He doesn't need these sacrifices. He just needs you to love one another and love him the way he showed us. Pretty simple. It's not hard, is it? It seems like it should be simple, but obviously it isn't that simple for a lot of people, you know? Well, it's a heart thing. God's it, requirement for worship right, is about our heart. Right. And it's it's really doing, it's not just going, well, I got a heart for you. It's, it's putting your heart into doing the right thing, even if people don't agree with it. What God says is what goes. Right. I mean, it's not a ritual amen either. Oh, I'm just going to love people. No, you got you got to do justice to them. You can't say I love people and not be merciful. You can't say I love people and not do what's right or just before them. Because righteous and justice has not to do with our relationship with God. It has to do with our relationship with people. But you can't have a relationship with God without having a relationship that's godly with his people. Well, it's just... <clears throat> it's just parallel to Old Testament, New Testament, pre-Jesus, post-Jesus. Absolutely. It's 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 ritual versus relationship. It's that, and that and I actually think this is, I mean, this, right. is, Je- this is Jesus. This is Jesus mm-hmm. in Old Testament form. Right. He lived justly. Yeah. He showed mercy to people, whether it's the woman caught in adultery, whether you know, he, he showed mercy to people, you know, and then he lived right. He, he walked mm-hmm. humbly. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was a man of no means. I mean, I mean, he he had no earth. I mean, he just was as humble as he could. Father, not your will, but mine be, but your right. not mine, but yours be done. Jesus did Micah six eight with his own life, mm-hmm. and we are called to do nothing less than Micah. So, so what is mercy again? The love mercy is simply church to freely and willingly show kindness to other people. It's loving people. And again, to walk humbly, let me lay this out again. To walk humbly is simply living in conscious fellowship with God, conscious fellowship with God, exercising a spirit of humility all times in front of him and loving God. So to do this live right, justly and humbly, we just got to love God and love one another, but we have to do it authentically, not superficially, Mm -hmm. as we talked about earlier. I think too, one of the biggest struggles with, with people doing that is because People want to be, they want to um, not justify it, but they they want their rights. You know, human beings, you hear that a lot. And and our rights, we we do have rights. It's It's the rights of God. We have the same rights as Jesus Really, we don't though. I mean, if you're gonna get into a real relationship, it's gonna be giving up your rights to do to get even with people. No, no, I agree with that. That, yeah. that, that. But but the right we have is to do it the way God would, and he would sacrifice. He would give up. He yes. laid down. That's, that's what I'm we saying. We have that's rights, the struggle, and they're though. God's rights, but they wouldn't be human paradigm rights. They would be the just and right thing to do. Right. They're, they're, they're what if we live by, we live forever. If we live by our own way in our free will, we end up the same place Adam and Eve did. Right. Without God, you know, they were separated. Otherwise... The other way you need to trust God to take care of those things. If we live by our old man or old flesh rights, mm-hmm. they'll always lead to a bad place. Mm-hmm. But if we live by the righteousness and justice of God, which is our right as sons and daughters, we would thrive. But we, we right. tend to give up the fact that we are ambassadors, that we have a task. 
and we want to live by our own will and our own rights. Right. And those can lead to nothing but bad unless they're in tune with God. Right. My free will and my right should be to, to live right. I need to calibrate those to God's. Yes. So you can have your own rights, but they're only going to be affected if they're in line with walking with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For those of us that can, and that's the only way they can be authentic. That's what I meant is that the oh, only no, way, I know. they have to be really desired by you to live by, to be authentic. I'm just and saying, then I it, think that's what stru- people really struggle with. But people with go, well, is- I want to have my own way of understanding that, you know? Right. And, and then that's, that doesn't work at all. Right. No, it doesn't work no, at all. It's just the rebellion. It just yeah. goes back to the rebellion in our spirit. We are born with the original sin and it'll always be a struggle. It's according to how strong we are in our faith to how hard the struggle is. Yes. To accept. Because being obedient means you have a master. Yeah. You know? Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, and yeah. And that means you subjected yourself to right. something. But 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 it, but you can also get that settled in your soul that that as as Ruth did with Naomi, you know, she said, your people are my people and your God is my God. And you can begin to calibrate yourself so that where you live as an under shepherd or you live as a sheep that you begin to go, that is my shepherd and his values mm-hmm. are my values and his will is my will and his justice is my justice and his righteousness is my righteousness. You can begin to own that. Mm-hmm. Right. And then it becomes truly you. And that's what we have to get to. We have to love the Lord and love each other with that same value. And to do that, we do have to sacrifice our will to our own path. Mm-hmm. You know, and well, I, we're, we're always, there's always going to be a master. There's always going to be something ruling or leading us, whether it's sin, rebellion, God. I mean, it's something, we're in service to something. Right. Absolutely. Mike, Michael lists in verse nine, let me push on this, nine through 12. He lists, he lists, when people transgress and they don't listen to God's path and they choose, like Beth said, maybe their own way, their, their own way to measure it and all that. When everybody wants to cheat and connive and do their own thing and shortcut it, nine through 12 kind of says, fear the Lord if you're wise. Fear the Lord here doesn't mean fear, it means respect or regard. So if you honor the Lord's path as your path, you're good, okay? His voice calls to everyone in Jerusalem. The armies of destruction are coming. The Lord is sending them. What shall I say about homes of the wicked? So now he's saying for those that haven't done it the Lord's way, that will have a home of the wicked. Are those that gain treasure by cheating? Are those that have disgusting practices? Are measured out grain with dishonest measures? How can I tolerate your merchants who use dishonest scales? The rich among you who have become wealthy through extorting others? How many people become wealthy in our society by extorting and exploiting others today? And violence, by by other violence. Your citizens are used to lying that their tongues can no longer tell the truth. Look at this list of transgressions, the people, the defendants are being charged with in Micah's closing actions for God saying, if you live this way, this is not God's justice. This is not God's righteousness. You will be somebody who will be on the backside of God bringing restoration. You're gonna be somebody that God judges against in this case. He's saying these are things, if you're, so much of our society is living off these kind of practices today. So much of it is there. Mm-hmm. And I, I think what we have to understand is, is that these transgressions here speak of many ways. People can take advantage of others. We, we, I mean, how often do we see people taking advantage of people in weak spots? Mm-hmm. All the time. I mean, you just look at the usury on, on payroll loans or you take a look at, 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 at um, how people take advantage of addictions. Right now they're selling marijuana everywhere in Illinois like it's going out of stock because it's legal. 
And then what's funny about it is now they're now they're having to run ads about how to help you out if you're addicted to it. The state got you addicted to it by making it legal. Now they're running programs and they're funding programs to help people that have a problem with it. They do the same thing with gambling. We collect money for gambling in the state and then we say, oh, call the addiction line. The state has a line to help you get addiction out of it. People, we have whole cultures of businesses that are running off the taking advantage of people that have gotten caught in a bad, bad situation. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, so church, the transgressions speak of many ways. We can take advantage of others. Number two, we can abuse their power to assert themselves. Sometimes uh, people abuse themselves and they, 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 they loiter over people and become landlords and, and leaders. And then also you see people completely disregarding the dignity of people and they just, just kind of trample on people's dignity. And so we see lots of ways where transgressions occur and people are taking advantage of other people, they're abusing other people, they're asserting themselves, they have complete disregard for others. And, and then you see in verse 11, let me go back to verse 11 here real quick. I think I got verse 11 here go. How can I tolerate you merchants that are doing stuff like this? How can people that are using dishonest measure, dishon he says, I'm not gonna tolerate when you love each other well, you're not loving each other. When you don't love each other and you, you're tricking, you're, you're, you're conniving, he's basically saying, remember, love justly. And what he's saying here is all these things prove you're not doing it. Mm-hmm. So God's not playing. He's not just saying, oh, I love Beth. You can't love Beth and at the same time take advantage of her, abuse her, cheat her. And so look at how much is going on in our society. How much of our society profits off the pain and the, the extortion of other people? And we are going to be judged for that. They were going to be judged then for it. We're going to be judged now for it. I'm not sure I would want to deal with God or God to deal with me the way that a lot of things could happen. I, I think there's a lot of people are going to be shocked about how God holds us accountable for dealing with those that are in trouble and those that are being taken advantage of. These people that are scamming old people out of their money on telephone scams, and 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 internet scams mm-hmm. scam these people Beth, think about Beth, Beth and I see this commercial all the time the commercial about you know you get to get title lock now because you can find out grandma's home was taken her title was taken and somebody else owns that title lock and they've gone out and mortgaged the whole home and the grandma passes away and the kids are going to divide that up grandma wanted them to have that to for their college future and they find out grandma's home was mortgaged away by some scam artist some 12 states over who 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 did a quick claim deed and took it over. And we look at that and just can't believe that, that people would make a living so much so that an industry has to be developed to stop it. Commercials are ran to stop, to secure your title lock, you know, because somebody would steal somebody's entire home and life. Well, I think what's even worse is there's lawyers out there that will defend their right to do it. Yeah, that I think that's a real problem. Yeah. Because people wouldn't be able to do that if it wasn't being defended. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, no. we, we do we do, do that, and we get people out there that are that are literally. I mean, everybody has a right to a defense to see if they're innocent. Well, they're just doing that. But we have a lot of too. people that are stalling mm. for the guilty. There's right. a difference oh, yeah. in right. that system. We have a lot of people today that are that are proven child molesters, and deals are cut to sweep it under the rug or to hide it because it's embarrassing. I had a youth pastor that we hired. I mean, I, I really almost didn't hire him because he didn't fit my kind of demographic as much, but I thought, well, I was looking down on him because of his family background. But I, but I called his pastor. I called another reference. 
And they all said, oh, he's great. His mom's my secretary at this church. They're a great family. They love the Lord. And I thought, well, just because he dresses a little different and is a little bit different, a little bit backwards, maybe that's my cultural, um, I'm not respecting that. He can reach some people I can't reach. So I took a chance on him. And and it wasn't long, it wasn't long till we saw some things that were wrong there with him. And was it after he left that that, that happened? It had already oh, le- no. And that was it when the charges came. It had. I don't. I'd already removed him from staff because there were some things I didn't yes, like, and, and there were some already. character flaws that showed pretty quick. So we did the right thing, but they had stayed in our church, and it wasn't too long after that before he got he got caught at a Boy Scout camp. He leads Boy Scouts. He got caught. Um, you know, attempting to sexually harass a younger person in the laundry room of of a, of a camping retreat. Then he got he, that that got swept under the rug. Okay, then he got caught. Finally, his daughter was in the hospital in the emergency room hospital with was it bladder a UTI U, a UTI with severe bladder pains, and a nurse came in with him while he had his hand in her groin crotch area under the thing massaging her and the nurse immediately poured it to the police and there was a whole arrest and whole everything he was a funeral he, he did some undertaking as a funeral guy that's one of the things that creeped me out initially and so that's why i thought well i'm just creeped because of that and he, he when he was asked about what he was doing he says he was doing a funeral technique to massage the massage the the um the bladder so it caused relaxation this is your daughter who you've got your hands inappropriately inside parts. And he got caught. The reason I couldn't find out about some stuff and the reason other people couldn't see stuff, because on the previous deal, it happened before I hired him. They had cut a deal and had swept it under the rug. So when I did my background checks, it didn't show up because that county was embarrassed and they buried the whole deal. Carolyn, you lived through that, didn't you? I forgot that was there. Kevin Dugan. I'm not embarrassed. Dugan. Dugan with a D-U-G-A-N. Kevin with a C. He's guilty as all get out. I sat through stuff. I listened to stuff. I hear stuff. Then he goes through the thing with his with his daughter in that, and he gets some sort of NOLA contender agreement. That means you agree that you're guilty, but you'll be quiet about it type thing. And he pled NOLA contender, which what what's that mean again? It's not on his stinking record. Wow. I found out a few months ago, he's out, quote, ministering again to people. I mean, I don't think he's going, but do you know that, Carolyn? He's out trying to run a ministry again. Nobody can background check it because the authorities didn't. This is minors in both cases, guys. Minors. They, they basically created agreements that cannot be seen by background checks. Now, I think that's a sad thing for, for our situation. That's an example where justice isn't being done. In the Bible, when you mess with children, man, that's a that's an arm-cut-offable offense, if not death. And yet this person is still in ministry, and somebody cannot do due diligence to find out hardly because our government has swept it, our, our, our local government has swept it under the ground because it's kind of embarrassing to find out this was happening at a camp. It's embarrassing to find it. So they cut these deals. I think we're as guilty for that as anything, Beth. Yeah. It's a sad deal. And and would I want to deal with God to deal with me the way I have dealt with others? I'm kind of scared of what God's going to say about where we've 
we have unfair weight scales. We've not judged people properly. We've not held people accountable. How God's going to hold others accountable for letting that go and letting that happen? It shouldn't. Have, what happened to his daughter shouldn't have happened because the first one should have been enough. Right. And 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 what have we not heard about? I mean, what what these things aren't aren't first acts. When you hear somebody's molesting children, are they involved with child porn? That's not their first action. You don't just jump to child porn or mm-hmm. soliciting a child minor for sex. You start with other stuff and work your way down. So the degradation of our society just furthers more degrada- degradation. So uh, I, I just want to tell you, God's not going to tolerate a whole lot of this according to this. So, I mean, I just think, I mean, I, what I love about this is that God will hold us accountable but he wants us to be held accountable based on what's right. And he wants us to treat each other the way it should be right. Uh, Micah 613. I, sorry to get on that whole rant, but it makes me so sick. Kevin Dugan, C-E-V-I-N Dugan. D-U-G-N, with a C. With a C, yeah, yeah. Has no business in ministry ever. You know, I tried to, you know, none, none. If you're going to a church that's his, get out. Come and see me. I will talk to you thoroughly about it. I'll tell you everything. I've got copies of the documents and everything. So I, I don't know what happened in the county that Germantown's in and all that stuff. That They just hide everything. What county is Germantown in? Clinton County. Clinton County, most corrupt. In those days, they swept everything. Out of the laziest prosecutors I've ever seen in my life. So come and get us. I'd love to talk about it. Micah 6, 13 through 15. Therefore, I will wound you. I will bring you to ruin for all your sins. You will eat, but never have enough. And your hunger pangs and emptiness will remain. And though you try to save your money in the end, it will come to nothing. If you try to do things wrong, it's never going to satisfy you. That's what he's saying here. You will save a little, but I will give it to those who conquer you. You will plant crops, but not harvest them. You will press your olives, but not get enough oil to anoint yourself. You will trample the grapes, but get no juice for your wine. In other words, when we try to live the wrong way, when we don't love just, and we don't love God and love people, uh, God is in the end going to not let us be blessed for that. It's not going to turn out good. Maybe you have a cup of stolen wine for that night, but you're going to, that wine will not mean nothing in the eternity that you'll be separated and have to pay for that. Church, it is a fact. It is a fact here by Micah's own pronouncement that sometimes God tears down what we build to show us that we gained it through the wrong method. Sometimes God has to let us go through these times where things are rough in society just so we can understand that we need to call out on God again. What makes us the people of God is that we build on a rock and not on seeking sand. And right now, I I think there's a lot of things in our society that have lost God, and we are going to have to either be a repentant remnant and press through, or we're going to have to be a a remnant that presses through and loves God and loves people enough that other people realize that we need to change our ways and come back to a day of recovery. I believe God will give us days of good things again. I do not believe we're in the, the, I don't believe we're in that last day. I can't promise we're not, so be ready. But what I'd like to believe is that God will give a chance for my kids and our kids' kids and people that I don't know, he'll give them a chance to hear the word of God again. I, I would like to believe or not, but I think we need to make every opportunity like it's our last. I, I, I live in that tension all the time, hoping that that, that God will look down and uh, give us another, another chance um, at that. Um, can you believe how many people in the world from the poorest and even to the richest and most satisfied are still miserable despite how much they have. Look, look on, you ever look on TV at some of these people from like Germany or Soros, George Soros looks like the most sad, disappointing person ever. These people that are so rich with Facebook. What's the guy that owns Facebook? 
Uh, Mark Zuckerberg. 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 Miserable. What's the guy from Microsoft that just got divorced? The guy, he had to split everything up with his wife. Um, they just got divorced. One of the couples. Gates. That, Gates. Yeah, Gates. Was it? Yeah, these people no. had. Well, one of them just Gates? got. Yeah, it is. Yeah, he had to split half his money up with her. I mean, people have billions of dollars and they are no happier than the people that they're making miserable with few dollars. Yeah. It's amazing how the richest people in the world's lives are so unsatisfied. They just play with other people's lives while they do it. Well, and I think something that we can all speak to um, here is that, you know, we've all been to foreign countries. Yeah. And seen the worst of the worst. And the worst here, like, you know, if you have a job. Right. In, yeah. In the United States, in like a car. Yeah. You're among like the top 10 richest people in the world. Right. That's unbelievable. Isn't yeah. It? Which we is, we which have is so much and we don't realize we have, but we still look like we don't have enough. We're just unsatisfied. He says in that text, you're never going to be satisfied living outside a plan of God. No matter how much, if you get a hundred billion dollars, you will still be unsatisfied. Because if you don't have God, what we have in our hearts is a space that God only fits. We can stick uh, marijuana in it. We can stick gambling in it. We can stick uh, sex, pornography, just selfishness. We can run over people. We can power. We can stick all kinds of things in there, and it might run it at a high pace for a minute. You might get a little bit of a little bit of nitrous boost out of it, but it's not real. It, you ever you ever eat a bunch of candy bars and then you just kind of you know you know it's not real. You don't have any real power. You're actually fading so fast that you're going to crash and burn. A lot of our society is just on itself. I mean, eating stuff that's not of God and it's creating like a buzz, but it's not sustaining life. And I think that's what we got to get to. That reminds me of that uh, once popular pirate movie, you know, <laughs> yeah. where they take the gold and all of a sudden they're cursed and they can't taste anything. They can't be, their thirst can't be quenched. You do what you do. You cheat and nothing, it does. And it's not satisfied. They're never satisfied. Yeah. And yeah. I think, I think people yeah. don't realize that, yeah. that, that the, the devil is trying to trick us into all these trinkets. And when we get them unjustly and unlovingly and unrighteously, they're, they just, they're not any fun because they're not real. What's well, the apple? It's, it's yeah. the apple. If you eat this, you'll it know really everything. Is. That, it is. It, we all have our own apples to face. That's yes. a really good way to put it. Listen, G, I'm going to put this up, friends. Jesus could triumphantly enter into, let me get the script. I get to get the scripture up here. There we go. All right, it's a word I had. Jesus could triumphantly enter into God's kingdom as the son in whom God himself said he was well pleased with. I love that line. Because of his connection. He wasn't after the apple. He was after God. He wasn't after some scheme. He was just wanting to be faithfulness to what God did. And so Jesus was always after the will and heart of God. And his way is our only way. We're not going to get there on our own. You can get a billion dollars and be, Soros looks like there's nobody living inside his eyes. You ever seen people have done horrible crimes? They've been child molesters. You look at them at those trials and you look at their eyes and they're just dark. Mm -hmm. You can see there's nothing there. So Jesus is the way. He is our only truth. And ultimately, he's the only life that matters here in eternity. We've got to understand that. I mean, completely. Look at what it says in Matthew 6, 16, as we get to the back end of this here. I'm going to have a great wrap up for this here in just a second. You're going to love it. Uh, you keep only the laws of the evil King Omri. They were wicked. You follow only the examples of King Ahab. Ahab was the worst. Therefore, if you do these things, look what he says. I will make an example of you, bring you to complete ruin, will treat you with contempt, and you'll be mocked by all who will see you. Now, 
God's basically saying, if you do it, if you don't love justly, love people, and 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 walk humbly before me, I'm going to humble you. Now, you may be thinking, no, some of these people go through whole life, billionaires, they never have to walk humbly. Yes, they will. The Bible says in the end, we'll all be brought back. Every knee will bow above and below the earth. Every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. And then he's going to separate those that were remnant, those that were faithful. They'll be the sheep. They'll go into the kingdom of heaven. They'll get to live forever and ever. And those that weren't, they're going to be judged at the great throne of judgment and put into the pit. Even the people that we think succeeded will fail at the great throne of judgment. And you just have to trust God to manage this thing. And that's why we only have to care what God thinks. And what God says is be humble. Don't exalt yourself. And meanwhile, live for other people the way I live for you. Balance them up. Live humbly, love God, love people. Now check this out. This is so, so cool. This is this is my big kicker. You need to ask yourselves, I think I had a question here. Um, no, people, the Lord has told you what is good. Let me put this again. And that is what he requires. What is he required to do what is right, to love mercy and to walk humbly? We got to ask ourselves, am I doing, am I doing what is right and just? I didn't say what I want or what will make me look good on Facebook or social media. Do I love people? Do I love people with a love that lifts them up and honors them as God's brothers and sisters, as my brothers and sisters, and as God's children as well? And am I walking humbly before the Lord? So love people, love God, mercy and humbly. Am I doing those kind of things? Most likely, when they just start, I mean, if you think about this, when we fail to do these things, I mean, God, God is saying here, I'm going to correct you. You can either repent and get back on a path that's right, or in the end, I'm going to correct you and make it right. But we live in our days, what Mike is saying, we live in a day, and we're in that day again today, where what's happening, it seems like it's just slowly fading. What's right is disappearing. It's being intermarried. You can't really see it. And, and the alternative is, if we're not careful, we can do like Micah's people did. They intermarried. They brought the other cultures in, and before long, the concept of what God wanted and how God would have us live was disappearing. And we live in a time now, again, where if it weren't for the remnant preaching the word of God and living out the word of God, we would begin to see the things of God begin to be almost absent from our society. And we have to be very careful that this is not what happens to us, that we are coming as we come to the last days, we wanna make sure that we get it right and we're ready and we don't have what they call a slow fade. I wanna show you a video, it's a clip, and we're gonna do this about four minutes. I want you to watch this video, it's a little bit old, but it's an incredible understanding of this. The guy from Casting Crowns, um, I, I found this, it's a wonderful way to explain this. His name is Mark Hall, he penned the song, you guys ever heard of Casting Crowns? Oh, yeah, 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 they've been here a Lot. Uh, uh, Carolyn, you ever heard Crescent? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So they have a song called Slow Fade, and it's from the uh, album entitled The Altar and the Door. And he penned this song, and he did a video about why he penned it. Now, I understand this song was written a little bit ago, but to me, it's a Micah song that's saying, Micah's song, saying there's something happening, and God's will and God's justice and God's righteousness has slowly fading away from our culture, and that's going to have a price to pay. And I see God's justice and righteousness slowly fading from our society today. And unless we're faithful to God, there's going to be a problem there. That's Check, really good. Yeah, yeah. And, and who was the king that found the scrolls that, and he had them all read? And oh, then he, 
I don't know if it's Hezekiah or not. It's not Hezekiah. So when he heard Joash, the, Joash. the scrolls said he was shocked. And, it's and, Joash. And he said, everybody has to hear these. This, and they, and they made, every, and they made everybody. They had, Israel had abandoned God, and then the temple was a wreck. It had been bad kings, and they weren't doing things right. And, and it had been going on so long, they'd forgotten what. Mm-hmm. It was Joash, because yeah. the Joash box was built during that time. And then in, in cleaning out the deep temple, they found some old scrolls, mm-hmm. and they said, we've not been doing Jubilee. We've not been doing this, this, and this. And they made the whole nation sit down and read it. Right. And the people repented because they they had lost the word. Right. We're we're close to that now. Yeah. And what's funny is we all have the word everywhere. It's in it's we can get it, mm-hmm. but uh, it's there. Check out this song by uh pinned by Mark Hall, but he's actually gonna talk in it, and I think it'll really minister to us as we get ready to wrap this up. One of my favorite psalms has got to be Psalm one. Psalm one says, Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, or stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on it he meditates day and night. He's like a tree planted by streams of water, and everything he does prospers. That's good stuff. And for me, the part I've always concentrated on has been his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on it he meditates day and night. Because for me, my my struggle's always been my discipline and guarding my time with God every day, right? So I'm reading this psalm and I see something totally new. I see something in the first few verses. I see the slow fade of a man. Listen close. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of scoffers. Did you catch it? First he's walking, then he's standing, and he's sitting. This guy is slowly shutting down. So let's think about this shutdown. Where did this all start in Psalm 1? His counsel. Where does he go for his counsel? Who did he spend his time with? Who did he uh, listen to when he needed counsel? What's he reading? What's he clicking on? What's he watching? It's a slow It's just going to start flowing out of him. Until now, he's not walking anymore. He's just standing. And he's not even just standing. It says he's standing in the way of sinners. So that means that people who don't know God see him, and they're confused by his life, and they want nothing to do with the Lord. And now, he's sitting, all scabbed up, all numbed out, in the back, if he's even there at all. I've been a youth pastor for a long time. I've seen godly men fall. I've seen families that we all look to crumble. I've seen teenagers with with a love for God and, and a passion for reaching people. I've seen them give that all away for just a little more popularity. Let me tell you something. You're not just walking with Jesus today awesome you in God time, go to bed, wake up in the morning, and then you just crash and burn. It never happens that way. It's a very slow process. One thing to remember is that you are not the first person Satan's ever messed with. He made war with God. Figuring you out wasn't rocket science. So he finds out where your buttons are, and he starts punching. 
and little compromise by little compromise, like a snowball rolling down a hill. One day we find ourselves in a place we thought we would never be, doing things we thought we would never do, but because it was so slow, we're totally rationalizing all of it because people never crumble in a day. It's always a slow fade. Pretty powerful, huh? I mean, that's, I mean, Mark Hall penned that, but he kind of tells you what's behind that song from Casting Crowns, is that if we get off the track with God, it's like we slowly start to fade from his glory and his presence. Mm -hmm. And we can end up being where the people were of the time of the Syrian captivity. We can be where Babylon was when Judah, Jerusalem falls, or we can be where we are when God returns or when we meet our end and we're not ready. If we're not careful, it's, it's, it's just the little things we do that get us farther and farther away from loving justly, loving mercy and loving God. That song, Beth, is a casting crown song, courageous. The bridge is seek justice, love mercy, walk humbly with your God. Mm. It's right out Ca of my, it's, it's exactly my cup. Casting crowns. That's weird. Yeah, there's another another song. The other the uh, other song that we talked about. Yeah, yeah. we should have done that song. Hey, and That's Lucas, this would have been a good song for Psalm One <laughs> for when we did Psalm One uh, for our, our Volume Two project series. So, yeah. uh, in what ways would our let me wrap this up? In what ways would our lives look differently if we put into practice God's command to act just, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with our God? It would look different, wouldn't it? Mm -hmm. God has given us a a manuscript here in Micah to tell us how to get out of this. I mean, I love it. He's given us a path out of this thing so we can get out there and, and, and do better. So to make our triumphant entry like Jesus did, we have to love mercy and love people. Love mercy means we have to be kind to the other people. Mercy has to do with how we relate to each other godly. And then we have to do it with God as well. We have to walk humbly, keep ourselves in proper perspective. If we do those things, we won't slow fade. We'll stay right on the right path. And I think that's one of the keys is, is, is God wanted in Micah for people to be a wake up call. Wake up. You're fading. The glory of my people, the special covenant was that I'm with you and that you treat each other as with we're all together on the journey as brothers and sisters. And they were losing that and he was holding them accountable. We're losing that again as a society and how we treat each other. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting that we've had so many violent shootings. We're, we're just on the, another side of another big shooting where 19 kids were killed, two people, uh, two teachers, 19 kids were killed. It's, it's, it's a regular occurrence. But if you take, if Carolyn's in the room and, 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 and Beth's in the room and these women are both approaching, are you 60 yet? I'll be 65 this year. Are you 65? Ooh. Yeah, you're, so you're the oldest one in the room. Okay. Beth's getting closer to there. She's not quite 60 yet, but, but. But Donnie, you're nowhere near that yet. So, I, I mean, I mean, do you guys do you remember any in your childhood any mass shooting like this at all? No, none. Do you remember any? Do, how many people in your class, eighth grade, ninth grade, brought guns to school, had guns in their truck? Everybody. I mean, we had we had our gun. We went hunting afterwards. I mean, I drove a truck to school when I was in eighth grade. I was driving a truck to school. Ninth grade. I lived in the country. Gun rack. I had guns full. Right. We go dove hunting, squirrel hunting. I mean, I took a gun to school and yeah. sent my truck. Yeah. How, your, your people in DeCoin? Mm -hmm. Everybody have guns? Not yeah. everybody, but, but... But I mean, people had yeah. access to them. Sure. Mm -hmm. Right, right? Do you remember anybody getting shot up in DeCoin? 
Why are people getting shot up by people with guns? We had more access to guns than ever in those days. Nobody was getting killed like that. No, what? Our, our big thing was if you're in study hall and somebody throws a cherry bomb and they have to evacuate the whole school or somebody calls in a bomb threat. And it was all just for people that wanted to leave the to be school. out of school like they'd make a round yeah. uh, th that, that that's about but, as but, we, as but we didn't have those issues i'm not saying we didn't have our own problems i'm just saying the slow fade of our society mm -hmm. the hopelessness of people has yeah. caused people to do degenerate things right and they want to blame it on guns there was guns available then there were yeah. guns available now available. It, it's not the guns it's yeah. this fate of people and their and the, and, the, and their hopelessness and their lack of thinking there's any accountability yeah. and their lack of of valuing human life yes it's there so low no value for human life now. and so people don't even value their own life or and, no. and some people go right. what's the difference if i'm gone they shoot me out at least i went out and I'm, i went out big i'll be famous i'll be famous as i die and that'll be yeah. important they don't understand is this is just the beginning to eternity they don't understand they don't that. understand they think it's going to be the end a lot of them let me read my closing scripture for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life love god love justly is the ticket to get you to that everlasting life we are not in an endless hopeless dead-end society where i need to get out of it we are on a pathway to eternity and the positive side of that pathway is the kingdom of heaven and that only comes with god the other pathway is to eternity separate from god and jesus came that none would have to perish and go that direction so we either choose to walk with him or we choose not to and you don't have to go into the new testament you can go back to micah and just say you know do what's right love mercy and walk humbly before god and that's what jesus did that's what we're called to do and we're all gonna make mistakes in that. But the fact is, all we've gotta do is understand that we have more than tomorrow to be held accountable for. Gosh, and you know, back in the day when those things were going on, there were plenty of people telling us what it was gonna to lead to. A lot of people. And we're living now in what they told us all that was gonna to lead to. And they, everybody acts like if we solve this or this, I got news for you solving all that won't it goes back to the fact that there were better morals and ethics and i'm not saying that we were more righteous i'm saying those are deteriorating so they're not known factors right the family's deteriorated mm -hmm. and th there's always been struggling families but the family in our culture is deteriorated to the point that somebody thinks that i'd rather go out big and in flames and i and, and nothing will happen as a result anyway so there's no consequences to exalting oneself and to doing unjust things to one another right and once we begin killing babies then it just goes down a, a, a path of, well, what else can we do away with? Yeah. You, know, you can't it, legislate it, morality. You, you can't. You can't. And they tried that with the law, and it didn't take care of things. That's why Jesus came, to fix the heart. It's it's yes. not the law. It's, 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 it's the heart. a heart well, issue. Well, you can see in the six that we can see the Lord's got this accusation, and he's saying, it, here's how you can do the right things the right way. And I think it's really encouraging that even though he's got this huge charge against Israel, huge charge against Judah, honestly a charge against us, he's giving us the pathway out. It's not complicated. Love God, love each other. How do we love each other? The way God would have us do it, and that's just and right. To treat each other with respect. And God just wants us to work through those things. Um, 
Thanks for joining us for this episode. We're going to get out of this. We are going to come back to you for the big finale in part seven, Micah chapter seven, verses one through 20. You're going to see the big out, and then we're going to do an incredible roundtable discussion in part eight. So thank you for joining us. Thank you, Donna and Beth and Carolyn and Lucas for all your participation today. And so thank you for joining us. You can join us anytime at onthedoc.org and you can email us at info at onthedoc.org and check us out on our main viewing partners, YouTube, iTunes, and Spotify, and lots of other ways. So make sure you get out there and subscribe, hit like. We love having you. We'd love to have you as our Patreon partner and sponsor out there as well. So check that out as well. And we would love to have you always as a visitor at Community Faith Church if you're in our area. If you're not in our area, we'd love to see you online. Join us online at coftv.com 10 o'clock on Sundays 6 30 on Wednesdays you can find us online inline viewer you can also find us on our Facebook page if they don't take us down for saying Merry Christmas that week YouTube as well rumble other viewing ways are found go to coftv.com to find those we'd love to have you 10 o'clock on Sundays 6 30 on Wednesdays and you need to get in church get in the word and uh, just do things right live justly and walk with God. God bless you. Thank you for joining us for this cast. We look forward to seeing you on the next one for part seven. And we're here on the dock checking out. See you later and we'll see you soon. <laughs>